Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast, the original Scottish Rugby Podcast. Today, I've got Matt. Hi, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. That was a good intro, mate. That only took you about 10 takes. Yeah. It's a lot of Scottish, a lot of rugby. Yeah, we've got to tighten that up. Yeah. It doesn't quite flow. I'm not really sure. Are we the original? Are we the, f- like, are we we're the, the only? We're the original. Do we care We are more? the original. <laughs> there's, a, there's a bit of competition out there, but let's not talk about that. That's true. Um, Dave sadly can't make it today. Um, any, where is he? Well, it's part of this kind of feast and famine cycle that he goes through that he sort of puts on quite a bit of weight and his girlfriend sort of cracks the whip and has forced him to go to a vegan yoga retreat in Italy. Oh, God. So he'll have a nice tan and even more of a turkey neck when he comes back. Oh, he'll be st- equally pale, but probably bigger turkey neck. Ah, delightful. Well, I hope Dave is having fun listening to this. Plan for today. So, I'm going to preview the games. From last week, uh, mm-hmm. Edinburgh v Ospreys and Glasgow v Connacht. And then we're going to look ahead to next week where Edinburgh have an away tie in Ulster. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then Glasgow have got Munster at home, probably a bit of a banana skin for them over the last couple of seasons. And then we're going to take a quick look at Scots abroad. Um, so people, uh, Scots rugby players playing in France, Wales, Ireland and England. Always makes me think that they're on like a bit of a gap year. It's like Dave Denton has just like gone off to Leicester to do a bit of labouring for a couple of years and then he's going to come back. It's not much of a gap here, is it? Kind of oh, the Midlands. <laughs> the Midlands. <laughs> um, 
So, and then you will be listening to us on iTunes or Acast or wherever you listen to your podcast. And we are still pumping out a mix of uncultured analysis and clickbait memes over on Twitter. (laughs) Which, let me get this right, is at ThistleRugbyPods. Yeah, that's right, all one word. On Instagram, at Thistle underscore Rugby underscore Pod. Which, we've been putting up quite a lot of polls recently. And unsurprisingly, they've been very skewed towards Scottish and Scottish club rugby success. So that's all good. <laughs> sort of like, will Edinburgh beat Ospreys? 97% <laughs> say yes. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and we still have our email, thethistlerugby at gmail.com. Yeah, that's Currently right. zero emails. Yeah, For I this know. year. For this year. So feel free to send us your, your thoughts on, on any of those those media. Uh, normally we do a little uh, review at this time. I thought we got a nice little review in this week from one of our big followers, Ouija Warrior. So I think it's pretty clear what team he supports and what demographic he fits. Title: Best Rugby Pod! Exclamation mark. Like that. Like the enthusiasm. Five stars. This is the best rugby podcast available. Fact. There you go. Does no, exactly no what fa- it says yeah, in the tin. No fake news around here. <laughs> so thanks, Ouija Warrior, and thanks to my cousin, Ouija Warrior, for that delightful <laughs> little review. Um, should we do a little quick bit of news, and then we can dive into the games? Yep, sure. Sounds good. So not, not too, obviously not too much in the transfer, um, in terms of transfer news. Premier Sports kicked off this week. Got any thoughts on uh, their coverage? Obviously, they're pu- pumping a lot of money. I'm getting literally so many Instagram adverts about buying Premier Sports. I'm just like, I've already bought Premier Sports. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think they've, they've obviously chucked a lot of cash at it in terms of the broadcasters that they've got on, like the ex-pros yeah. and, and people like that. And it's pretty heavy-hitting team across the different regions, or different countries. I thought it was pretty good. I th- I think that the commentary is still finding its feet. Yeah. Like, for example, someone like Jim Hamilton, who I think offers a lot, but he's not done it for very long, and you can tell that it sort of doesn't come that naturally to him. Yeah. Um, but, you know, after a few games, I'm sure they'll work out the cobwebs and everything. It's interesting they've put Jim Hamilton into that commentary role, because I've always sort of felt he's almost potentially better as a pre- or post-match sort of analysis. Yeah, that's what I think. Um, Whereas, like, Rory Lawson is a very good commentator, I'd say. Yeah, no, absolutely agree. No, it's been good. I've sort of been watching quite a lot on my iPad, which there's part of me that feels that potentially they've invested too much of their money in talent and could probably put a little bit more money into the product itself. Yeah, into the sort of the backhaul. Yeah. Because it seems as if listening to another Robbie podcast that that's out there that the customer service lines weren't open yeah. at all on Sunday of the week that they've launched this brand new program. Yeah. You Which think, uh, right, yeah. I mean, the whole thing, ultimately, since the announcement and having to actually execute, it's not been that much time. No. And I feel like they have had to rush certain things. Yeah, yeah no. No, I agree. But look, I think it's a good start. Yeah. And I think having that product which puts... Pro 14 rugby sort of front and centre of its coverage. Obviously, Sky do a pretty good job of sort of executing on games, but it is always a second or third rate. Yeah, exactly. Um, Cool. News that David Tamalua is in town in Glasgow. Supposedly, he's turned up relatively obese. (laughs) Where did you hear this? (laughs) Uh, Supposedly, the... um, Was it... 
the Glasgow members sort of Q and A. Oh right, okay. That was David Tamalua turned up relatively obese. At least he turned up though. He did turn up. Maybe they can work on him a bit, but but suppose that he is in it. I think the words were intense conditioning. Intense conditioning. Until well, they do have a fat club, but you think that you know it's the first game of the season that they wouldn't be having to do any of that. He's also just come off a season of rugby in the US. What's he been doing for the last four weeks? I, don't, mate, I really want this guy to prove us all wrong because so far, I don't think anyone in their right mind understands this signing. No, I agree. But you know what? We've won up Newcastle. He's actually in Glasgow. That's true. And, you know, let's hope he can lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck to him. And uh, the one other one that I wanted to pick up, Maybe so a couple of weeks ago, Glasgow re-signed with the Malcolm Group. Yeah, yeah, Malcolm Group the, Logistics. Uh, so yeah, logistics company. The, the father, the guy, Walter Malcolm, his son is James Malcolm, the Glasgow Warriors hooker. Ah, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, then, they decided to not take James Malcolm <laughs> for the... Yeah, uh, it would have made sense, wouldn't it? <laughs> for Maybe it was a bit too sort of near to home. Yeah. They decided to take Nick Frisbee to Linton to the logistics centre <laughs> to announce the um, to announce it, and Nick Frisbee looked utterly confused as to why he was in Linton at a logistics firm, and then sort of gave. It was almost like there was like a pad of paper behind the camera <laughs> that was like, "We like the Malcolm Group, and it is great that the Malcolm Group are investing in <laughs> Scottish rugby." Yeah, yeah. I, I mean. He's doing his part for the club, fair play to And you know what? I actually think the sort of Scottish, Glasgow and Edinburgh media teams do a pretty good job of like almost essentially forcing the rugby players just to like do sponsorship stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, no, it was good. The thing is, there's a contrast between, I saw that um, John Barkley and Damien Holland were at, I can't remember the name of it, but some really nice distillery the yeah. other day. It's a spot like Glen Goyne or something. I don't know what it's called. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but they get to go to the distillery and like try out these sort of world-class whiskies. And Nick Frisbee gets to look at some big trucks. Oh, yeah, there's a real tea ring. <laughs> John Barkley ain't going anywhere near a logistics well, centre. That's true. Um, all right. Okay. Well, should we kick in? Let's do it. Right. Edinburgh Osprey. Oh, we're going to start with. Let's start with the win. Yeah. Glasgow v Connacht. Saturday. What's the Connacht ground called again? I the should, sports ground. The sports ground. Um, just need the win right at the end. I'm trying to get the. 27 26 mm. to Glasgow. Tries from Seymour, George Turner, Ryan Wilson, Adam Ash. Con- conversion from Horn and do BBC Sport is saying that Adam Ash also got the conversion, which doesn't <laughs> appear to be correct. Converted his own try. Yeah. And uh, obviously Hogg with a drop goal. Obviously, we watched this on Saturday. It felt a little bit more like a pre-season game than mm. an actual kind of in-season game. What were your thoughts of from the 80 minutes. Yeah, it's it's a difficult one with those first matches because either it is still teams, you know, feeling their way into the season and working out the rustiness or they've had a great pre-season and are hitting the ground running and that's when you've often got, actually because people are fresh, the highest level of intensity and and quality. Yeah. And I think this this match definitely fell into the former. You know, ultimately it's a really good win. Connacht away is always going to be a difficult fixture. They're a really stuffy team. I don't think they've got sort of a load of quality, but they've got a really good pack, and you know they they play for each other, and going to the sports ground is is a difficult endeavor. So, yeah, I think it's a really good result, good way to start things off. Um, and the fact they got did they get the bonus point? Yeah, Sorry? yeah, exactly. 
coming away from the sports ground, you can't really ask for, you literally can't ask for anything more than that. No, absolutely. And I think whilst obviously saying that it was a relatively scrappy performance, the actual first two minutes of the game were incredible. So obviously we kicked off to connect. We then regathered the ball. And within a minute and a half, Hogg had chipped over and Tommy Seymour had, sc- had scored. And mm. I think when that first happened, it was part of me that was like, boom, Glasgow are back. Yeah, This yeah. is it, Dave Rennie. This is the time Dave Rennie sta- stamps his authority on it. And then just from there, it just increasingly, increasingly got scrappier and scrappier. And I think during that first half, obviously I'm, I'm expecting big things from Hastings and Horn this year, but... Going, maybe it's away at Connacht, start of the season, scrappy game. They just weren't able to control and stamp their authority on mm. that match. And it's a big worry because I think when Hastings isn't able to play how he wants to play, he starts chucking passes that maybe aren't there. Sounds T- like another Scottish rugby standoff who's left our shores recently. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not much of a different option, is it? No, we'll I know. We'll come on to Duncombe later. But. Um, but yeah, and I think he also potentially doesn't, and it potentially doesn't matter as much with Horn and Hogg and the team, but he doesn't have that kicking game to really see out a lot of these yeah, tough it's not, matches. Yeah, it's not his uh, his strength. No. I think he can. He's got an okay kicking game, but it's not, it's not something that I would say comes naturally to him. No. So you have to take a lot of the pressure off him. And they obviously had did do that. So you can see Stuart Hogg was taking the kickoffs. Some of yep. the filthiest kickoffs I've oh. ever seen in my entire life. Un- unbelievable. The ha- hang time. He has to be kicking off for Scotland. Yeah. Yeah, like, definitely. I, I, why wouldn't you? And I would say that maybe, you know, in the last year or so, last couple of years, we've had issues with Finn kicking to touch. Yeah. As in, like, he gets he can get a good distance, but not amazing. And he misses touch quite a lot. Why yes. wouldn't you just let Hogg do it? He's got the biggest boot in the team. Yeah. And he tends to find touch. No, I completely agree. I think we were saying right at the end when he has he had 55 meters, and he absolutely crushes it. Yeah, so into five, the corner. Yeah, into the corner. And he doesn't re- He's. I think he's increasingly showing that he doesn't really feel the pressure. Yeah, exactly. What do you think of his lid? I mean, he looks horrific. <laughs> do you think he's going for like, I'm getting rid of it, and then I'm going to put hair plugs in or something I think he's just embracing the baldness it looks a little bit like Wayne Rooney yeah he does he does actually <laughs> he does uh, yeah I'm not sure I don't know where he's going with it but <laughs> I'm currently not a fan but ultimately it's not you know it's not the source of his strength because he played really well at the weekend so exactly I think something like his Barnet in the last year or so when it was sort of like swept over and quite thin like when his beard that presumably looked worse so yeah i mean both equally bad i mean i guess yeah. maybe there's no good option poor guy <laughs> poor guys like pale he's really freckly as well but let's just talk he he was unbelievable yes i like, really stepped up and we were talking about this in our sort of preview that maybe last season not that he played badly by any stretch of the imagination but maybe didn't have that sort of coming into the team and having a galvanizing effect and playing that well and yes. he was just doing everything running game um his kicking He's just got. We know he's got the whole skill set, but when you see him playing like that, it's, it's just great. No, I absolutely agree. And I think obviously Tommy Seymour scored that try at the start, but it still feels like, unlike two or three years ago, he's still really struggling to kind of mm. make his mark on a game. 
Yeah. You know, he's never been someone who's making those outside breaks, but he's always had that ability to come off his wing and punch holes. Yeah. And he just seems to be struggling to either, whether it's timing, whether it's a power thing, whether yeah, it's confidence. It seems thing. like a confidence thing. I think that's um, what it is in a lot of these cases. I think DTH is made in that game is making more of an impact. Yeah. And back end of last season was also was also making more mm. of an impact. And there's a small part of me that felt like that Glasgow team almost needed someone like a Nico. Just you know, when you've got people at Horn. And Greg, I can't remember who started sort of thirteen, but if you got Horn, was it Greg? You got Horn and Greg in the centres. They are really, really great. They're solid, but they almost they don't just give you that maybe creative spark that someone like a Nico will bring to every game. Yeah, I mean yeah. he might he might lose you the game. <laughs> that is the issue. Yeah, yeah, I do I do get that. What what do you make of um, Stuart Hogg carrying the ball over the line right at the end? If <laughs> the shoe had been on the other foot. We've been raging. Glasgow Warriors Forum would have gone into meltdown. Yeah, but the other thing is that off that penalty, or whenever it was, no, off the penalty that the guy missed in the last play, yes, that wasn't a penalty. Yes. And the referee went and admitted it to Adam Ash afterwards and yes. said, yeah, on on reflection. Which is so, where, which is actually a good thing to do for a ref. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't um, remember who the ref was. It, uh, the Welsh lad. I don't know his name. Um... Looking at the forward pack, um, I know he's not a new signing, but he could be the signing of the season, Ollie Kebble. Mm. Yeah, he looked you know. really... He looked f- I mean, it was just a matter of being fit, wasn't it? Exactly. And I think, you know, Connacht don't have a poor scrum. Yeah. And, you know, we had... Fi- I can never pronounce it. Ferguson. Ferguson. Ferguson and George Turner, who, whilst both really, really good players in open play not relatively strong scrummers and just having Ollie yeah, Kebble in there not. brought in such a level of stability and he was getting around the park. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you make of Rob Parley at six? How, how did that work? You know, he's sort of solid but my issue with Rob Parley is I feel like you you want him in the team if you've got someone like a David Tamaloa who yeah. you're just expecting to don't really worry about rocking and defending. Yeah. You know, you still do them, but Exactly. You know, we we need we need Rob Harley in the team because we've got other players that aren't able to bring as much in that kind of mm. rock and mauling area. Yeah. Whereas it feels like with Cummings, Gray, Wil- Wilson and Gibbons, you've kind of got that that's, covered. That's what my thought would be. And then why don't you put in even an Adam Ash at eight and then put yeah. Wilson at seven or six or whatever? And I think that, I reckon that's what they'll probably do against yeah. Munster. Yeah. But no, I agree. I think there was, again, a lack of kind of ball carrying from that Glasgow back, kind of second row and back row. Yeah. And then at the same time, when you're sort of, your midfield is Hastings, Horn and Greg, you, you know, there's not an Alex Dunbar in there or even Hugh Jones. Greg can run some nice direct lines, but they're more sort of ball players and looking for space. Yeah. So you sort of miss that go forward in no, the midfield completely agree should we look forward to this week yeah yeah Munster at home Munster who beat the Cheetahs 38-0 yeah they look pretty impressive in the highlights that I watched I mean I, I don't know what to make of a Cheetahs team when they're when they're sent um, overseas but Munster have recruited well this yeah. season um, I think there were five guys making their debut including 
like Joey Carberry, Will Addison, like really, really good signings. And you know what they're going to bring. It was quite funny listening to um, Dave Rennie at this um, like supporters club event this week. He was just he was actually rinsing Munster for playing no rugby whatsoever. That is true, though. Oh, of course it's true. Yeah. But to hear a coach say it was, it's quite refreshing, actually. Yeah. But I think that's obviously what Glasgow struggled with, that they sort of get brought down to Munster's level, not to denigrate their game at all. Yeah. But when it becomes an arm wrestle, you know, stuff we've talked about for years now. Yeah. Glasgow can't deal with that. No, absolutely. And I think of all the Pro 14 teams, even potentially more than Edinburgh, I think Munster is almost, maybe not more than Edinburgh, but Munster appears to, feels to me to be the second biggest game for Glasgow in terms of just past history of like the Champions Cup. Yeah. And so. Well, two, two years ago, they lost to Munster four times in one season. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's a real boogie team. Well, you're th- should we do a prediction now? Yeah, let's do it now. I, I think this game's a bit too early for this Glasgow team. I think that Munster pack and the efficiency of that pack. Plus, they, they have added a little bit in the back. So, obviously, you mentioned Carberry, but they've also got Sweetenham, who looks yeah, like that's the, the And winger. Mike Haley as well, who's obviously come across from yeah, sale. Yeah. All pretty dynamic sort of backline ball carriers. I I think there's a, ch- a chance it could be relative. It won't be relatively close. Um, you you look at the Munster team and it, on paper it doesn't look that good. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to run through the whole team, but I I generally think a lot of people looking at that team actually won't have heard of a single player. Like the starting fifteen from last week, genuinely won't have heard of a single player. Yeah, because there's there's not very many Ireland internationals in there. Um, even Joey Carberry was on the bench. Yeah. Um, and I think Connor Murray's still injured. Yeah. So I mean that's but the, the I wonder if they're bringing anyone like Stander or well, Manny back for this. Yeah, games. they they might well do, and that's when they they just bring the best out of all those guys who are good but maybe not great players. Yeah. Um. I think I wouldn't be surprised if Glasgow won. You know. And then played them again in the playoffs and got pumped. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it might be similar to the last year, like maybe yeah. winning the games that that aren't sort of the crunch fixtures. Um, it's at home. I I could see. I think when, I think if Glasgow can start playing that style that we know they can, yeah, and don't get dragged down, then Munster can can't live with them. Yeah, it's just whether that happens. But I I, I think I think Glasgow win by seven, actually. Like it. Like the yeah. enthusiasm. Yeah. All right, I'm going to say Munster are going to win by 10. 10, bloody hell. Uh, uh, I think Munster, a bit of just, there's a bit of a mental issue with Munster in Glasgow. Maybe, maybe. And uh, But no. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. 
Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Friday night game, 7.35. That is a nice little Friday night. That would be fun. I'd like to go to that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Shall we Shall we boost across to Edinburgh Ospreys? Yep. So Friday night down in Swansea? I never know with all those Newport? teams. I get no, confused. New, no. Yeah, Swansea. Neat. Y- yeah, one of the two. Um, <laughs> so, Edinburgh, Edinburgh v. Ospreys. What did you think of this, Matt? Once again, it, it felt like a preseason match continued on. I think yeah. particularly from Edinburgh's point of view, they just made so many errors. Like, not even knock-ons. It was, you know, having the ball stripped like four or five times in contact. And even, you know, the, the try that probably decided it in the end when George North streaked away yeah. was Pergos picking up the ball. And, like, yes. it, it just, like, hit off one of his own player's legs, which, to be fair, it doesn't happen very often. But it just kind of showed a, a lack of sharpness and just a bit of kind of lack of concentration. Yes. No, absolutely agree. And I think one of the... <laughs> I remember when I was sort of watching the game, the fact that it was nil-nil after 30 minutes. Yep. I mean, this was a real dud for quite a substantial period of time. I know, it's a shame. Like, one of the first night, first games on the Friday night to kick off the season. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. But uh, So, 17-13 to the Ospreys, obviously. George North with two tries, and then Blair Kinghorn with with a try for Edinburgh. Starting, off, starting with the pack, Pierre Schumann. That guy is fucking horrible. <laughs> he is an absolute beast, and he looks like he wants to murder people. He, he sounds like, the way he speaks and stuff, he is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm literally petrified of him. And, uh, I'm paper Scotland him. in a couple of years as well. So. Well, I know. That's the thing. Um, but it's interesting. it'll be interesting to see once, now that Dell's back, where, who they'll sort of start. Mm. You know, I, I like Dell, but the fact, when you've got Pierre Schumann, McAnally, and Bergen in your front row, not only... I mean, you should have a relatively strong enough pack, but the sort of ball-carrying ability of that front row is actually yeah. relatively scary. Yeah, and even just sort of the... I kind of see Schumann as quite a bit of a different player to Dell in terms yeah. of maybe being a bit more of a sort of grizzled front rower. Yes. Um, and I get the sense that He's seen Dell, some like, things in Dell scrummages, but probably doesn't love scrummaging. Oh, no, no, he you hates know? it. He like, does it because yeah. he has to. Yeah, exactly. It's a contractual obligation. Yeah, exactly. He'd like much rather be playing at number eight or something. Yeah. Or even hooker. Yeah. So, uh, whereas I think Sherman, like, is when he packs down, he's staying as opposite man, being like, I am in my element. Yeah, he's like that horrible guy who, like, rub his face against the other oh. prop and, like, slap them and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, But no, I mean... Again, you know, with him and Kebble mm, kind of both having, both having good starts. Um, I think, yeah, I think the pack overall, you look at that pack and you think, that's really strong. It's always going to perform. And I think, you know, they, they did the, the basics very well. It was just the the carrying wasn't that great. And the, as I said, the ball retention. I'm still not sold on Luke Hamilton. Like, I think I'd rather see, I don't think he had a bad game, but I think having Jamie Ritchie on the bench... I'd rather have him kicking around. I'm I'm surprised that they started Luke Hamilton ahead of Jamie Ritchie. I think the way, the consistency of Jamie Ritchie's performances last season, mm. and you saw the impact that Jamie Ritchie had when he came off the bench. Yeah, he just seems a bit more dynamic. Yeah, 
And I think um, I would imagine going into next week, I could see Jamie Ritchie coming straight back into that squad. Because yeah. I think him, Mata, Mata again, sometimes kind of can go missing, but for, for portions of that game was looking really, really classy. Mm. Watson just does what Watson does. Yeah. yeah. I think that with Watson, Ritchie, and Mata, that is a really powerful and actually yeah. quite well balanced back. Yeah, three. exactly. Because Ritchie's pre- pretty good at carrying, but it's probably going to do a bit more of the yeah. unseen stuff. Um, so, yeah, and what, what did you make of the back line? I thought that's where Edinburgh struggled the most, actually. It's it's something they've had an issue with for years, I suppose, but I think it was just gelling, particularly yes. two new signings at halfback. Matt Scott and Mark Bennett haven't played together for Edinburgh for, you know, at all. I think have partnered each other for, with Scotland, but yeah. not for a long, long time. I'm willing to give Hickey the benefit of the doubt. I, I thought he was relatively poor. Y- yeah. And uh, maybe I was just expecting um, bigger things, but I didn't actually even think his distribution was that was that great. Mm. Um, but again, you know, maybe it's again he's working with Pergos, who's never really played with. He's working with Matt Scott, who's never really played with. Yeah. So willing to give him the benefit of the doubt and sort of see, see how it sort of progresses. And yeah, Matt Scott and Bennett, it felt like there was just something a little bit missing from that pairing. Yeah. Scott was making some good, hard lines, but they just were not working well together. Mm. Yeah, that's my my one worry with those two, that they're sort of on different... They're not on the same page. They're quite different players. And I think particularly the way that... I think they want to play Matt Scott as a bit more of a direct runner. And he's he's a bigger guy than he used to be, but I feel like they could kind of maybe use his ball-playing ability. He's not Jamie Roberts. Yeah, exactly. But I think that particularly since he went down to Gloucester, that's the kind of player he became. Yeah, which I think maybe that helps someone like Bennett outside, but at the moment... We say we need to get Christine in there. No. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't even the bench. James Johnson was on the bench. No, I saw that. Which makes sense. Um, And I think probably the the other place where that backline really struggled is, look, the two best strike runners in that team are Blair Kinghorn and DTH Vandermeer. Duhan van der Merwe. Duhan, Duhan <laughs> van der Merwe. DTH playing both, backing up both yeah. games. And they just weren't getting their hands on the ball now. Yeah, yeah. You know, they should they should be getting... Van der Merwe should be punching lines off 10 or 12. Yes. And Kinghorn should be getting the ball, you know, in space. Yeah. In that sort of outside centre channel. As and you saw even at the end of the game when Kinghorn gets his hands on the ball, just what sort of damage yeah. he can do. Yeah. Um, but look, I think... Your know, Ospreys are not a bad team. Yes. And I actually think they're potentially better than they were last year. I think you're right. And I think actually, you, know, you look at their team, it is packed full of Welsh internationals who are used to beating Scottish teams. Yep. And I actually, I actually think that has a bit of a role to play. I also think that, you know, ultimately they've gone, gone away from home and they talked about it afterwards saying that we were still in the contest the whole time. And they did get the bonus point, despite you yeah. know, not playing well. It's, I, I would have expected them to win. They'll be bitterly disappointed. But it's not a terrible outcome. Yeah. And I guess thinking about now, I know it's first game in the season, but for Glasgow, they've got Munster and Ospreys in their group. And that it's going to be those three fighting for those two automatic places. Yeah. And almost makes, actually, this Glasgow-Munster game even more important. Mm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that... Because Ospreys were super off the boil last year, and I'd be surprised if they're if they're not yes, fighting. Yes, yeah, they've Glasgow. recruited well. Do you see um Edinburgh 
have been made eighth favourites to win the Pro 14 by the bookies. What? Eighth favourites. So actually, judging by the bookies, this wasn't a short result. So like Ospreys are ahead of them, Cardiff are ahead of them. You see yeah. in our Instagram, poll voters were wrong. Well, according to William Hill. Are Ulster ahead of them? Interesting. Yeah, it's it's it was um it was Jamie Lar writing about it on the BBC, saying right really, um yeah, just Irish people love to gamble, so <laughs> yeah gotta, yeah exactly. Bookie's got to even out those odds. Yeah, exactly. Go so well, going away to Ulster. Yeah, also got a good win against Scarlets. Yeah, all penalties. Uh, I don't think they'll win this game. I think it's a tough ask. Yeah. I mean, they beat them last year away from home. Ulster weren't in a great place last year, though. I just think that's a difficult one that Ulster really going to be targeting. I know they got McFarland in. Yeah. And coaching. Yeah. Interesting. It's, uh, yeah, I'm, I think Edinburgh got this. I right. think there was enough in that sort of four pack to show that they could go to go to Ulster and look to really challenge them up front. And I'm going to say that Hickey is going he's to... He's had his week. Okay. You know, he's, he's been pretty budget, but he's going to have enough class to come out and Edinburgh going to take the win up in Belfast. Nice. I like that. So I'm going to go for Edinburgh win by five. Okay. I'm going to go Ulster by nine. Low scoring though. Real. It won't be. A, it won't be a great match. It's not going to be a classic. At the Kingspan. No. Um. Cool. So right, that's our two games. Pro teams wrapped up. Um. Scots abroad. Oh mate. Players new, new little new little feature we're going to do. Scots abroad. Yeah, I think once a month we're going to do a little review of um Scottish players who are applying their trade abroad, and that's probably only only one place to start this week, which is France and Paris and we Greek versus Finn Russell it's uh, obviously two, ga- huge. two games into the top 14 season Finn with his two try win last week mm-hmm. and and then obviously up against Claremont this week did you catch any of the highlights of this game? Uh, I watched a little bit of the highlights probably my favourite bit was um, it seems as if a few of the Scottish rugby journals were across in Paris covering yeah, didn't get the call up I know what a shame uh, next time we need anyone to go, we'll happily do it. Um, covering the match and interviewing Finn Russell. And did you see, obviously, Racing have this new futuristic stadium. Yeah. And did you see the pre-match screen where they're all dressed up in suits? Now, that's dystopian. <laughs> it's so bizarre. It's great. I don't think Finn Russell's... I don't think they ever, like, had his... At the tailor was like, normally rugby players have far bigger bodies. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. It kind of looked like it was hanging off him a bit. Um, so that was actually the only bit that I really watched. I didn't see any of the highlights. What did you make of it? Uh, saw a little bit of it. I think, obviously, in general, just Claremont, just well, essentially more clinical than than Racing. I think one of the, one of the tries for Vatawa, Vakatawa, Uh Finn Russell had a sort of a nice nice pass behind right. the twelve to him. Interestingly, the we Greeks smashing over seventeen points, mm. and with Morgan Capara is the Claremont captain. But was on the bench. Yeah, yeah. Which I know, obviously, they probably like to rotate. But for a big away game against Racing to put Gregan ahead of Para, it feels like a relatively yeah, big it's, statement. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, I, I don't know what you make of it, but the the fact that Laidlaw's still there, you know, playing well, kicking his goals, 
I got the sense that when he went to Claremont, they'd sign him and say, oh, this guy's not that good, and then sort of do a year or so. It felt like a weird. It felt like a weird signing when you've got Para there. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then even you could maybe say, "Oh, he's a good goal kicker," but you got Lopez as well. What was that? Um, that thing you found on the forum this week about uh, Greg Laidler? <laughs> there was a bit of chat about there was there was a good sort of um, forum to- uh, topic on the Glasgow forum about. Essentially, it started off with Stuart Hogg, and they were chatting about how obviously he has his restaurant in. Um, in Glasgow. Yeah, what's it called? The, the Finn something. Finsbury something. Yeah. Um, and then they were saying, someone mentioned that Greg Laidlaw was invested in a couple of restaurants in London. And someone very quickly came back with, yeah, I've heard they've got the slowest service in London. <laughs> <laughs> that is very good. Which Extremely I, niche joke. But I enjoyed. That's, you know, that's what our listeners are here for. Immensely. Uh, um, what what about what other Scots that we have abroad? So, obviously, Richard Gray's at Toulouse, but he is injured at the moment and definitely wasn't starting at the weekend because uh, I had a sort of had a wee look Scarlet mm-hmm. Hidalgo Klein starting at nine yep he, he was starting in a lot of pre-season as well yeah and um, looking relatively good mm-hmm. looking pretty sharp I think uh, he's obviously it's him and um, Reese Patchell together yep we're looking like they were working well together and then we've got Blade Thompson yeah probably someone that kilted Kiwi yeah probably someone that not that many people are aware of yeah. Just because it seemed as if he moved to Wales and then suddenly the SU say, oh, wait, he's Scottish qualified. Oh, hello. So he's he's been at the Hurricanes for a while. I'd never say he's a f- he's been a first pick at, at the Canes. No. But whenever you sort of see the highlights of Super Rugby, he always looks like a handy player. Yes. And not a bad oh. guy to put into the conversation at all. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I'm trying to think, is he a little bit similar to Ryan Wilson? In the sense that, you know, he's not like a massive ball carrying, but he's potentially more of that kind of link play. Mm. I'd say he's a lot more skillful than Ryan Wilson. I'd say yeah. he'd offer a lot more with ball in hand. He's maybe not, you know, going to make you sort of loads of meters, but he's got good skills. Yeah. So, no, see I, how he goes. It'd be really, really interesting to see how that develops. I think I can't see them changing the balance of that back row this year with Barkley, Watson, and... Um, Wilson, but with Barkley being out of the Autumn Internationals, I wonder whether they might try and sh- get him yeah, in, yeah. get him in for something like the Fiji game. Cause I suppose he's. It's not as if um, you know the WRU could dangle residency because he's he's getting on a bit. I don't think they're going to wait for someone like him. No, because would it be five years now? I don't understand the residency. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So other other the, moving on to the Premiership. How about you talk about Worcester? Obviously, yep. they lost lost by a point to Wasps at the weekend, mm-hmm. and we had Dunkey Ware starring the pudding. Pudding, who uh, and, Andy Goob was talking about this week. What was he saying? Just being like, "How on earth is that guy a professional rugby player?" Coming from Andy Goob. <laughs> well, no, he was like, "We're kindred spirits." <laughs> He's like, "I thought I looked bad in a shirt, but Jesus." Yeah, it's um, but obviously, you know, last year he sort of made, made a little bit of a uh, got a bit of legendary status at Edinburgh for yeah, his sort of last minute drop goals. And had his opportunity. First game for Worcester. That would have been huge. Against Wasps as well. Just to I get hope. the crowd on your side. Yeah. And he pulls it to the left. It was a pretty easy drop goal and as, as well. As far as drop goals go. Yeah. As far as drop goals go. But it's as easy as you like. Yeah. It's when you, it's one of those ones when you hit and you just drag it and you're like, uh, It wasn't even that bad a strike as well. It's not like he completely scuffed it. Yeah. It's, uh, and then we had Conor Dupree on the bench with 
sounds like one of the most horrific injuries I've ever heard. <laughs> Fractured larynx. Your voice know, box. What does that mean? I, well, it must be a little bone in your throat. Oh, sounds horrific. It sounds like it was a pretty innocuous tackle. And then someone's come through with a knee. So he's got a knee in the throat, effectively. And he's fractured his larynx. I, I, want, I presume he can't speak. Oh. He needs surgery. Well, uh, obviously, there's not that much information apart from that out in this sort of public domain. But obviously, all our kind of wish him all the best, I guess. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, and then we've got Brian McGuigan and Josh Strauss obviously playing the trade itself. I think McGuigan was starting at 15 at the weekend. Yeah, Strauss on the bench. Strauss on the bench. They got a bit of a doing. And they got a bit of a doing from Harlequins. I don't think you can read too much. Into, that's a bit of a funny one. Um, and then... I'm worried Strauss might not get that much game time this year, though. Because you've got both the Curry brothers and John Ross. John Ross. Yeah, and, I agree. And they've got Josh Beaumont as well. Yeah, I I've agree. I've got a feeling that they see the Curry brothers as six and seven. And I think they're going to always start John Ross ahead of him. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and then I've just, just seen that Duncan Taylor was carried off injured playing for Saracens and he's done his ACL supposedly. Oh no! I know, I know. Set for a lengthy spell on the sidelines according to Saracens. Jesus Christ. That's season over pretty much. Potentially out of the World Cup. Yeah. That's such a shame. Oh, that is... And the thing is like when I, when, I, when, when I read that he was injured I thought it would be a concussion thing. Yeah. And not that this is like a, a better or worse injury but such kick in the teeth to sort of come over those overcome those issues and then ACL completely different equally serious injury not, oh maybe not equally God. serious but that rough. is there was a part of me well there, there, I still feel like if everyone's at full strength that best starting Scotland centre partnership is Taylor and Jones 12 yeah. and 13 I think that is I, I think you're right I think he just He's kind of the glue for a lot of that backline, so it's yeah. such a shame. I mean, we're we're still at good centres, but it's a shame just to see him uh, not be able to play. Yeah, it, yeah. For him, it's a shame. It's for Scotland. It's not the worst thing that could happen. Yes, it's not like Finn or Hogg um, yes. being injured. And then we had we had uh, Dent Weezy starting at six, starting at six for Leicester, Leicester. away down in uh, Exeter. Got they they got a pumping, but supposedly he played well. Oh, really? Supposedly he was their best player. It's all relative, but <laughs> yeah. his stats are pretty good, like just doing what he does well. That's the thing, isn't it? It's just like he, he does his thing. Yeah. I don't think he's gonna change. Oh no, he's you know, he, he's too far down the line he's got his to niche develop now. anything different. Post post World Cup, he's gotta be in France. I reckon it'll suit his game a bit more. Yeah, yeah. That sort of just... Just play at eight, carry. Yeah, Don't yeah. worry about anything else. Um, and then obviously we've got a few more players down in the Mitre 10 who, obviously, Murray Douglas still mm. trucking out for Northland. Yeah. And uh, But I think maybe we'll save that for another time because there's, there's actually quite a few ex-Edinburgh yeah, yeah. and Glasgow players and yeah. young Scottish players sort of playing, playing down in New Zealand. Yeah, exactly. Right. It is... What time is it? Fuck, 8.20, and I've got to go to work. Yeah. This is going to be a long, long <laughs> day. If you're still on the podcast, well done. It's probably yeah. been a little bit boring. <laughs> you probably thought it'd be a quiz at the end, but unlucky. Unlucky for you. Next, next, it will be full back at a full complement um, and hopefully celebrating two 
wins for the pro teams. Exactly. All right. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.